0: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and on behalf of my co-host Chrissy Dunham and myself, let me just say thank you for joining us today. The Wonder Podcast is for you, whether you're a man, a woman, young, older, married, single. Our mission is to encourage you and get you focused back on the wonders of our great God. Psalm 136 says, "To him who alone does great wonders. And to Him alone do we dedicate this episode and every episode. So whether you're in the car or on your way to work, at home watching a little one, washing dishes or binge listening on a road trip, which we've heard many of you do, we say thank you. And we pray you enjoy this episode of The Wonder Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Christy Dunham. I am here with my co-laborer, Lisa Clark. Lisa, what in the world is going on on this beautiful
0: fall day? It is a beautiful fall day here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and we are enjoying it. It's been kind of a busy day around my neck of the woods, so I've been coming and going doing a few home remodel uh, projects i know you're in the middle of uh, cleaning out your house and getting it all fall ready and we're kind of all in that mode right now so that's what i've been doing today we are charlie and i are praying through selling our home, so in
1: preparation for that i am unloading over 20 years worth of stuff i kind of call it junk but some of it's not but anyway Uh, We are taking a break today to visit with a good friend of our ministry, and many of you will know her, and we are so excited to have her with us today. I will let Lisa introduce her, but if you have children, you need to be listening, following, doing all the things with (laughs) ChristianParenting.com.
0: That's right. Um, we have Cynthia Yanoff with us today and she is the, oh man, she, she has her podcast Pardon the Mess, which is part of the Christian Parenting Family. And um, she moderates and leads that podcast and does all of the interviews. And she's just a wealth of knowledge, but she also writes a ton. And we have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know Cynthia over the past, I guess, couple years and just hearing from her. And I'm a big fan of the Pardon the Mess podcast. She and Jill Jefferson do such a great job with that podcast. And the Christian parenting world has really grown through the ministry of of the dentists. And I'll let Cynthia tell you a little bit more about that. But Cynthia's story actually is what just intrigues us so much. It's just the life that she lives and her family and her children and how her family has grown over the past few years. So we have loved getting to know Cynthia through the years.
2: Cynthia, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. We're thrilled that you are
1: excited to have you.
2: All of these remodels and all this fun stuff you're talking about it kind of makes me feel like I should get my house together so there's that but I'm glad to be chatting with you. We're thrilled that you're chatting with us as well and we want you to just
0: tell us about you and your family because I know I mentioned that you've had an addition in your family the last few years and tell us the story because I think your story is so intriguing and will really bless the people that are listening to this.
2: Oh, thank you for that. I do. We have my husband and Mike and I've been married almost uh, almost 20 years. And so we have a high school senior, Kate, and then we have a middle school son, Brett. And then we have a four year old that we adopted from foster care. And so I could talk seven years about foster care, but I won't. Don't worry, ladies. But the short version is, is the Lord just called my husband and I both into foster care. And we didn't know what that was going to look like or what that would be. And so over, we went and got the home study and did all you do. And by the way, you don't know your house is a death trap until you have the state come in and look at it to tell you whether or not you're eligible for foster care. And so once we figured out we apparently had a death trap, we fixed all of that stuff and then passed the home study and long story short, just uh, prayed through it and felt like the Lord would probably have 25 kids in and out within the first six months, because that's just how it works. But that's not what God's plan was for our family. And so um, the day we were licensed, that in the middle of the night, about two in the morning, we got a call asking if we would take our first placement. And it was a baby and we had said, you know, we'd take up to four years old. And so in foster care, if you say older kids, especially older than a baby, that's what you get. But we, a little two month old baby boy was dropped at our house and he never left. And he is now officially a Yanoff. Joshua Bo Yanoff is his name. And so that has been like the sweetest gift from the Lord for our little family is to have this late addition. So it makes things interesting to say the least to have the age gaps I have, but lots of fun. That's the question
1: I was going to ask you. So you have a senior in high school, then you have an eighth grader, and now you have a four-year-old.
2: Yeah.
1: How in the world do you keep all of that balanced and with education the way it is now, still during COVID and all the things? Tell us the secret, because I know mamas are struggling with just having their own.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I golly, if I had the secret, we would all be wealthy on an island, I think, because we're all walking that same road of trying to figure out how to do it well and keep our sanity. And so I just think in my house, it's been interesting. The benefit of having a really young one with older kids is that you've already walked the road i've overparented that first one to death i mean my poor daughter i have really overparented well on that one and then the middle one i was a little more laid back but by the third one especially the third one that's that much younger i've figured out the things that i didn't know the first couple rounds and so it's been a super sweet gift just to be able to enjoy this one and I put it on my social recently, but you know, everything from just the little school pictures and the little things that I didn't know to appreciate that I would miss. Now I get another round at it. So I'm so thankful for that. And so, yeah, I think it's just balancing. But here's what I've been saying when we talk on my podcast a lot, obviously about parenting, just in the mix of all of this, I think it's been such a great opportunity for us to do what we already knew we needed to do, but it's become more evident. And that's just parent the bigger picture, like control the things we can control because we've never really had control of our lives, but I think we tend to feel like we have this artificial sense of control and COVID stripped it, whatever that is that you've been hanging on to, whatever your idol is, COVID took it away. So if it's been your health or your fitness or your finances or your great parenting or whatever it is, COVID has pulled us out, that's pulled the rat out from under us. And so I think the gift has been in my parenting, at least at home, my husband and I have been able to say, okay, What can we control? We can't control what the CDC does. We can't control if they get sick. We can't control what the state's doing, but we can control the narrative in our home. And the narrative is always gonna be about the Lord and what he's doing and his greater purposes. And this side of heaven, it may not look like we'd hoped. My daughter may not have the senior year she was hoping for, or I was hoping for on her behalf. But what we do know is that God is good and he is faithful and he is for us. And when we can take those bigger picture perspectives, I think, and really point our kids back to it. It's just a game changer. So I will say that's been going well all the time in our lives, but it's been kind of the focus, what we're trying to do these days. That's a great word, Cynthia, having the the big picture. And I totally agree with you. It's bittersweet
0: that as we get older, this wisdom comes our way. (laughs) Don't you wish we could have learned this at child number one and maybe two, but here we are with number three and getting it and you recently wrote an article for Christian parenting Four tips from the oldest mom on the playground. (laughs) I love it. I got a sneak preview at that and tell us a little bit about some of the things that you tell moms in that article.
2: Absolutely. Literally I was sitting on the playground one day with my four year old and I'm like, Hmm, these moms are looking younger by the day. They're very fit and cute and young. And I was like, Oh, I wish somebody would have told me some of the things I'm thinking right now. And you know, so when I wrote this article, it came from that place and definitely not from a place of expertise. Like I've got it all figured out, but just gosh, if you could understand a few basics and one of them I wrote was the playground is big enough for everyone. And just speaking into the fact that there's room for everyone, in our lives as families and as parents and so often we get in this business of social engineering things or trying to make sure our kids are with the right people or this kid maybe he's not a good influence we got to stay away from this kid or we we get into this business and in the playground when our kids are little everyone's invited there's no disqualifying factors but as we get older That tends to be the case. And we start saying, this isn't a good fit, or I don't know if I want my kid around this person, or I don't want to particularly be around this person. But that's not God's kingdom. God's kingdom is there is room for everyone, and there is a place. And we're called to love. We're not called to instill our judgment, but we're called to love people. Speak truth, absolutely, but do so in love. And so I wish that that's one of the few things I said, I wish I would have known that and taken that from the playground, just that there's room for everyone. Another one I wrote that's kind of funny, but walking up the slide isn't criminal. Do you remember when your kids are little, how that's like the biggest battle, your kid wants to walk up the slide. Do y'all remember this battle? It drives you crazy, right? And mine was walking up the slide this particular day. And I remember thinking, like my first two, I would have flipped and been over there and been like, oh my gosh, we always go up the stairs. And so I was laughing because it's just a reminder. And and by the way, I did intervene and tried to help him do a little better job because we do need to be respectful. But at the end of the day, there are things, there's swords to die on and there are, what did I even say in the article? I started laughing, there's hills to die on and no pun intended, this is hill, the slide is not one of them. There are bigger things that we need to worry about. And so all of our kids are different. And so knowing that they're all different, Let's let them get to the top in their way, not in an ungodly way, not in a biblical way, but they don't always have to fit the same mold. And I know raising my first two, if my kids didn't have the same academic success as another one, or they weren't quite as sporty, or maybe they weren't running in the group that I deemed the right group. I struggled with that, but yet there's other ways that God, I mean, everyone is unique and God has designed them in such a way that they will find their way. Now it may not be the path we've taken. It may be going up the slide when others are coming down but just learning to live in that. And then the, the last, one I said was don't throw wood chips. I think was the last one was just how all the kids are always throwing wood chips. And we freak out about that and, and kids will always do that. But as parents, we tend to throw some wood chips ourselves. I know as moms, we tend to become parenting experts at some point, a little sanctimonious, if I'm honest at times, just how all of our kids are different and unique and our journeys are different and unique. And so Let's step back and really appreciate how other people are doing it, feed into each other, and love each other well instead of trying to fix each other. So, those are some of my thoughts from the playground.
1: I love that. I love that. And that article sounds amazing. I can't wait to dig into it a little further. Um, But I know that we're at the end of September, the day that we are doing this podcast. And the month of September has been Suicide Awareness Month. And you have written and you've been on podcasts and uh, you've been talking a lot about that. So with COVID, and it's really not only kids, it, it's everybody. Um, it touched our lives with a person in our uh, like this, a person, a man in his 50s, successful and uh, just a combination of COVID and financials and business and all those things kind of came together as a perfect storm. He was a strong believer. Um, But the enemy got in there and, uh, you know, tried to win. So that hit me hard because I, you know, I can think about kids, but you don't think about adults. So when we think about suicide, what are some of the things and COVID and all that ugly stuff, what are some things that we need to know? Or you talked about loving people well, how can we do that? during these days because we don't know when this thing is going to end
2: yeah yeah well there's so much to that i mean i can't think of a topic any of us feel less equipped to speak into than suicide it is so hard and what you were just saying it's just tragic and the fact is that cdc stats tell us we can't ignore it it's the second leading cause of death in individuals from 10 to 34 those ages and just like i wouldn't let my child go play next to our swimming pool without teaching him to swim, or I wouldn't let my toddler cross the street without talking to him about traffic. We can't let our kids go through life without talking about the realities of suicide. And so, if you can, if you live with a counselor or a PhD, that's great, but most of us don't. Our kids live with us. And so, we've got to be willing to broach that topic and speak into mental health and absolutely get the help that you need. Go to the professionals, but in your home, having that dialogue. And I think COVID, because of the sense of uncontrol, the lack of control. I'm using bad grammar now. I mean, I'm really into this ladies because of the lack of control in it. I think that that's what brings up the anxiety, the depression in all of us. I think we've all felt some sense of that tension. And so when we're talking to our kids about these hard places, these places of lack of control, I think what we can do is not always have all the answers. That doesn't work. And our kids really don't need all the speeches. But what I like to do is just say to my kids in these hard places, I don't know, but I can't answer all those hard things, all those hard places. But what I do know is how God's been faithful in the past. I do know that when X happened, God did Y. I do know that in all these hard places, which I'm not scared to tell you about, I don't have to shelter you from because God's been good and he's been in the middle of it. And being able to go back, it's like getting those stones of remembrance in our life. And really, I mean, I literally have a stone sitting here on my desk. that says, remember, remembering those places of God's faithfulness and talking to our kids through it, because I think ignoring the situation of the anxiety or the depression or the scary things they're facing, that lack of control, that's a misnomer to them. That's doing a a disservice because they don't think that we're struggling with it. But if we can say, hey, I'm in a hard place too. I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is this, and an example, I think, from our own life, and you mentioned this earlier when we talked a little bit about foster care, but I was talking to my kids again about it recently, about going into foster care. That was a scary time for my husband and I. Lots of people that love Jesus, that love the Lord, that love us said, hey, are y'all sure? Have you really thought about this? Do you know what you're getting into? Everyone had a scary foster care story. And if I'm honest with you, like, I went into foster care really scared about what it might do to our family. But now on the other side of it, I'm scared of who we would be if we had not done it. Like, we are different people. We're changed people because we sat in CPS offices in parts of town we'd never seen, with kids with everything they own in a trash bag. And just seeing how God was so faithful through his story of redemption, not just for our little guy, but just in the bigger picture, being able to say to my kids like, listen, now, again, we're walking scary days, days I don't know, days are the concerning, I don't have the answers. I don't know when COVID will be over. I don't know how many more people will have to die from this. But I do know that we've seen God be faithful in the hardest, most difficult, unexplainable places. We've seen his faithfulness. We've seen his hand. And so we can trust him because of that. And so that's kind of the way I've been trying to do that in our home is just going back to the truths that we know in our own lives and then obviously in scripture as well. That will preach on it.
0: That will preach. And I think offering and keeping these talks and these discussions and these themes on the table is a good thing for all parents because our kids need to know that we have something to say about this. They need to know that they can come to us with anything and we will not shy away. If we don't know the answer, we say, we don't know. We'll find out or we'll walk through this together together but always taking them back to the word of God and always focusing there and the faithfulness of God and these in this fear that can sometimes just knock us off our feet is not what God has for us. And so we need to reflect that fear back onto our father, the faithful God and put our our hope and trust in him and not be afraid of these things that come our way. Fear can stop us and it it can end our lives.
2: Completely. Yeah. And you know, I think that like a good, a good Bible story. Someone told me one time, like if you're struggling with things in your life, like you can't see God's hand or his faithfulness, go borrow promises in the Bible from other people. Go in the Bible and see where God made promises and there was truths in their life and just borrow them and say, okay, I'm gonna start putting that in my life as if it was said directly to me. And so one of those stories I think that's helped through my little COVID journey with my people is in Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat, remember King Jehoshaphat? And they have this huge army that's coming, right? That's gonna basically take over his kingdom and kill them all. And he's stressed out and his people are. And so he gathers everyone together and they pray and they fast, right? And at the end of this beautiful prayer, He says, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so that's the first takeaway, right? Like talking to your kids and saying, okay, like, listen, let's pray, let's fast. And let's just admit to God. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you as a family. That's where we stand. And so then further down in the story, if you keep reading, then God responds back and says, listen, don't worry. The battle's not yours. It's mine and really ultimately that's the answer in COVID or anywhere the battle is not ours it's his now i personally girls want to take over every battle because i like to be in control but being able to speak that into our kids go find those stories in the bible those i love the old testament i'm a little obsessed but go back and find those stories and say listen we're going to borrow some faith out of those stories and we're going to plant our lives so we'll pray we'll fast we'll say our eyes are on you but we don't know what to do in the middle of this sticky stuff but You've said before, and I believe you're saying it to us, the battle's mine, not yours. And so we're going to trust them in that. So there's just some practical ways to kind of put some scripture with it as you're going through these days.
0: You're right. And when we do uh, that, love. we're reminded immediately of the same faithfulness in our own lives. And we're, we have those aha moments that trigger when we're, when we're in God's word, it triggers our moments. Like when our kids were little, and I know my mother did this with me. And you sit down to pray at night or kneel before your bed or whatever your bedtime routine is. And sometimes your little ones will look up you and say, what do I need to pray about? Or what am I supposed to pray about tonight? You know, and I would say, let's pray about that. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will remind us of the things during the day that we thought I need to pray for that friend, or I need to pray about that test or whatever, whatever we thought to pray for, but we didn't at the time. And that's how good the Lord is, is he reminds us that and he uses his words. That's a great word, Cynthia. So I good. wanted to talk for a minute about the conference, the the virtual conference that you have coming up on Christian parenting. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, we've got this event coming up. It's completely digital, so you can totally, ladies, do it from your couch, your pajamas, whatever, but it's called uh, Perfectly Imperfect, and we've brought in over 40 speakers, several that I'm aware of, one that's sitting across from us right now, but Lisa will be speaking, but we've got all these different 40-plus speakers talking on everything from technology to uh, sibling rivalry to suffering and loss, just anything you can think of that you're walking through. I'm speaking on parenting, the bigger picture. But it will all be available to you October 23rd and 24th. So you sign up on perfectlyimperfect.org is where the information is. And then when you do that, you will have access starting October 23rd and 24th to all these speakers through the end of the year. You can listen to them. And so our hope is it's just practical guidance, spiritual application that you know is vetted through the lens of the gospel, but a one-stop shop to just kind of get some touch up on your parenting because, um yeah, who doesn't need a little bit of that after this much time in quarantine with our kids, so that's coming up. We're super excited about it, and we've got, you know, Jonathan Pitts is there. We've got some of the Duck Dynasty crew is speaking. Jamie Ivy, a podcaster, just lots of cool people, so we're excited to, to have this coming up.
1: I love it. I'm I'm excited that you're offering that to parents. I have two daughters that are parents, and we talk about stuff every other day, things that are going on in their household or at school or things that they're experiencing. And they think they're the only people that have ever gone through that. And sometimes I can give them advice and there's the eye roll and like, you don't know, things are different now. So it's always good to hear it from someone else. Uh, and that solidifies it and helps them in their parenting. Absolutely. If they if there was one thing that you could tell a parent, the most important thing, knowing that our walk with God, knowing you know the all of that, let's assume they're a believer and they walk with the Lord. What is the one thing that you would tell them they need to do with their children? You have a senior uh, that will be leaving in a few short months. I assume. you're yes. Going to do something different. You know, and then you have this four year old what is the one thing that you've instilled in your kids that you said this is the one thing you have to do
2: mm, 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 mm. such a great question and and there's so much that i I'm trying to think through there's so much that I would want them to take away that I hope we've instilled well, but I would just say in parenting the standard of parenting change. I mean, I'm, I'm roundabout getting to your answer on this, but the standards of parenting has changed. I remember when I was a kid, you know, my parents would send me out and that would be that like, see at five for dinner. Right. And one time I was riding my bike and my brother threw a broomstick through the spikes of spokes of my bike and I went flying off, right. It just stopped immediately. And I mean, I was all busted up and I went in, I remember my parents who are great parents, still amazing parents, We're like, okay, well, let's not do that again to my brother and everyone go about your business. Now, today, if that happened, right? Today, if that happened, we'd have them all kinds of therapy. We'd like be like, what's wrong with this kid? They're going to do time. Like, right, that would be a stressful situation. The standard keeps changing, whether and that's how we discipline them. Everything from, I mean, even the standards change from where we lay our kid in a crib. From my first kid to my second kid to this baby every time. Like now I'm like, do I stand them up? I don't know how to lay them down any longer. <laughs> and so what I would say on a parenting level is this, the standard of parenting will change. There will always be a different way, This the air quote right way. God's standards never change for our life. And so if you ground your parenting in biblical truth, then you can't go wrong doesn't guarantee your kids will turn out like you had hoped for or what you wanted. That doesn't mean they're going to take the right path. I mean, my kids are not proven products. They're still young enough that who knows what's going to go down over here fully understand that. But we can rest in the fact that if we stay with that standard of God's parenting and we follow his precepts and we turn them back to the Lord and we meet them with Jesus when they come to us with our problems and we teach them to pray, we teach them to turn to God. And we take the higher, more narrow road with our kids, even when we want to get in the mook. I mean, that's the only guarantee, the only way to do it right these days. And so all the other stuff I'd say on a parenting level, like that's great. If your thing is going to be like to eat Whole30 all the time, terrific. My family could probably use a little of that. But that's at the end of the day, that will change. If your thing is going to be whatever it is, but stay rooted in God's word. And the only way to do that is to be rooted in it yourself. So that's on a parenting level, what I what I know to be true, don't always live it well, but that's what I know to be true. In terms of my kids, I think at the end of the day with them, I would just say, I grew up in a great Christian home. I loved the Lord, but I knew a lot about God, but I'm not sure I knew God. And that's what I really want for my kids. I want them to actually know God and not know about him. And so I I can't at the end of the day make that decision for them. But what I can do is keep pointing all the places I know to point them back to the Lord. And so I'm trying to be careful with them in what I'm affirming in their lives. I wanna affirm things that have eternal consequence, not temporary. And so as easy as it can be for me to be caught up in their grades or what teams they make in their athleticism or right now, ACT scores and college acceptances, all those things at the end of the day, like are they sitting with the lonely kid in the lunchroom? Do they have a heart for the things that matter of the Lord? Do they love their little brother? Do they understand the needs in foster care? Like, are we really doing those things well in our house? And if so, that's going to be enough. That's got to be enough. I've got to decide as a mom that's more than enough because they are living with a heart for the Lord. And so that's kind of what I'm kind of working through with my kids. I would say my husband, and I really try to focus on those types of things with them. And, and then at the end of the day, you do all of that and they, you know, they do something hysterical and you are like, oh gosh, what are we going wrong? So <laughs> who knows?
0: Cynthia, that's I- that's great and i i love your enthusiasm and i love what you, you've shared some of these things on your podcast before and you've talked to so many guests who have talked about it, and i would categorize this under intentional parenting and i think we can get so caught up in what everybody else is doing what we're seeing on social media or the fads of the day what's popular and we'll, we'll start to feel miss feel like left out of groups and, and things like this and we feel such pressure to pressure to be a part of all these things going on and then that trickles down into our kids and we've raised a kid that can't be left out of anything and you make that point in this article and you didn't mention it but it was kind of the one that really resonated with me the most where you said it's okay to play alone and i loved that point we're going to wrap up here in a minute but we don't want to be alone and we don't want our kids to be alone do we but in reality you're raising Someone, if they can be alone
2: and be comfortable with that, they could change the world, couldn't they? Well, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I did forget that point. See, that's what having too many kids and not enough sleep does. You forget even what you wrote yesterday. But yeah, absolutely. I wrote in there, it's okay to play alone. And it made me think of that because, again, being at the park with my little one, nothing makes you more stressed out than when you look over and there's a million kids playing and yours is the odd man out that's just kind of sitting there doing its own thing. And like, I'm the first, by the way, to want to jump in and be like, oh my gosh, same thing with the play dates after school or whatever it is. Like, I got to make sure we've got this all, all ducks in a row or they're going to be like some recluse out there. But the fact of the matter is, at some point, our kids will be forced to stand alone, especially in today's culture, if they're going to live with biblical precepts. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. More so than when we were growing up, what well, definitely when our parents are growing up, the culture is changing. So is the view on the Word of God. And so, if we want to raise kids that can stand alone, when they need to, when they can walk away from the images that are on the phone that's being passed around, where they can walk away when people are talking in a way that is not edifying of their friends or of anything else. Those places where there's drugs, whatever it is, if we want them to have the courage to walk away, they need to be able to stand alone. And so letting them play alone along the way, And coming up with that confidence, that's the key. And so what we're doing as moms, we're fighting this middle school insecurity we're still dealing with. I mean, we've all got it. I've got it. You know, I didn't get invited to the cool kids dance and you probably didn't either or the party. And so we don't want our kids to live that, the hurt we did, but listen, We're okay, people. We really are, shockingly, we're okay. And so I would just encourage us all, yeah, let our kids play alone. And that's metaphorically speaking, but it's okay to be alone sometimes. It's okay to not always be in the center, to not fit in, to not make the cool team. We don't need to rush the schoolhouse doors when they don't get in the right class, right? Let's let them be where the Lord needs them to be so that he can grow them into a person that later they need to stand alone in their faith, which they probably will. They can do that because they know what it's like to be okay, just themselves with the Lord and their family.
1: That is such a great, great word and a way to wrap up this amazing time. You are full of wisdom. You are funny. You are the package. And so I want to make sure that our listeners know to sign up for Imper- or Perfectly imperfect, Perfectly Imperfect Parenting Conference. It's all online, October 23rd and 24th. You can go to perfectlyimperfect.com and sign up and make that happen. And you'll have access to over 40 experts in the field of parenting, including my personal favorite, Lisa Clark. And of course, Cynthia. Um, So ladies, make sure you get signed up because this will be a wealth of information that you'll be able to access till the end of the year. So that's a bargain within itself. So very excited that you're doing that and you're investing in these mamas and the mamas can talk to the daddies and then it all just works together well. So Aww. we appreciate you and your ministry um,
0: make sure you listen to pardon the mess podcast. What else, Lisa? Well, I just love everything that Cynthia does and she's just a great cheerleader for parents and really the the virtual conferences for parents i can i envision a lot of moms and dads sitting around in front of the computer watching these things and clicking on them and learning together so I know that we've got some men who listen to this podcast and this is, this is for parents. This is for anyone. This is for someone that's considering becoming a parent, because I know there will be a, things that, are, that, that will prepare them for the day. So it's just an excellent resource for everyone. And so we're so excited to partner with you guys over at Christian parenting. We love the part the mess podcast. And we're so thankful for the friendship that we have with, you guys so thank you Cynthia for joining us and sharing and making us laugh and cry a little bit you're the best
2: oh y'all are the best I mean there's nothing that makes you feel less adequate than talking parenting to two amazing moms so thank you for cubering me and y'all are the best and yeah it's perfectly imperfect.org and we'd love everyone to join us so thanks ladies thank you